I always look forward to the opportunity to share with you. And if I haven't said this before, let me say now that whatever it is I'm sharing, it's not just simply something that I'm speaking to you, but it's also something that I need to hear myself. I'm, if you will, sharing principles that I need to take seriously. And in that, lift up the opportunity for you likewise to hear, to think, and to respond to whatever it is you feel that God is doing. So let me say a word of prayer. Father, we come in the name of Jesus, and we do ask that the presence of your Holy Spirit would be with us. Holy Spirit, we couldn't do this without you. We know that. Help us to be more sensitive to you, more open to you, more submitted to you. Lord, may these thoughts that are here today bring you glory and help us to better understand the way of the kingdom. I pray this in Jesus' strong and in his powerful name. Amen. A number of years ago, I read a book by a man named Father Thomas Green. It was called Friend of the Bridegroom. And in this book, he talks about the journey of the Christian life. And he suggests that we kind of go through stages. And for him, this journey involved four stages. The first one he called the stage of conversion. That, of course, is when we open our hearts to the reality of Christ. We allow him to bring us into his heart. We welcome him into our heart. Some people would call this being born again, being awakened to the way of the kingdom. That's the stage of conversion. For some people, they would say it's when you get saved. But, but Father Thomas Green then went on to say that the next stage is when we who have been saved, if you will, who have been awakened, who have been born again, begin to move into a stage of integrity, asking the question, so in what way is this to impact my greater life? Is it simply a spiritual issue that has eternal consequences, eternal implications, are there implications for the way in which I'm going to be living my life right now? And, and what Father Green suggests is that as we begin to think about that, we reach a new reality. That's the fourth stage, conversion, integrity, reality. And reality is that the demands of the Christian life are going to reach into everything it means to be human. It should affect the way we build relationships, the way we steward our time, the way we look at finances and steward our finances. It certainly should also impact our morality, our ethics, and the way we choose our life. Which leads us then, if we contemplate those things, to what he calls the stage of radicalness. That means that when we're truly saying yes to Christ, 
it ends up putting us on a very different path with very different virtues, very different values than it is with other people. That there are radical differences in the way we look at economics, at the way we look at other people, at the way we choose to invest our lives. Now, many times you've heard me talk about the fact that we're called to walk the way of Jesus, the way Jesus walked the way. That's a phrase, I believe, that I originally read or heard from Eugene Peterson. But, but let's accept this truth, that there are a number of us, I'm including myself in this us, that really we're not necessarily walking the way of Jesus all that differently than the way most people are walking their lives out in the world. That there's not a radical difference. Yes, we still have faith. We may go to church. We may tithe. But it isn't necessarily true that embracing Christ in conversion has radically changed the way we view virtues, values, morality. As a matter of fact, I think it could be said that there are a number of Christians who name the name of Christ, but it could be that their attitudes toward power or possessions or privilege are not really all that much different than individuals that are living their life apart from Christ. I think this is a very important conversation because when Jesus invites us to say yes to his kingdom, to his lordship, he's calling us, if you will, to a radically different way of living life. And this comes up in several ways in the Sermon on the Mount. You see, in the Sermon on the Mount, in that great teaching that Jesus does, recorded in particularly the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is trying to show us that there's a great difference between living under his lordship and living under the virtues and values of this world. And he uses three metaphors, two roads, two trees, two houses. He, he basically says, look, there, there are two roads that people can take in life. And he suggests that one of those roads is rather an easy road. It's a road that most people choose. He says that it is wide, it's easy, but ultimately it leads to destruction. But then Jesus says there's another road. This road is more narrow. 
it's harder. But it's going to be the way of the kingdom and it's going to lead to everlasting life. He's not talking about the merging, if you will, of two roads into one. He's talking about two completely different ways of walking out life. And he doesn't suggest to us for even a moment that to truly walk the kingdom way is going to be easy. And he even suggests that a lot of people will not choose to go that way. Because it's a narrow way. What is Jesus trying to say to us there? He's trying to tell us that when we say yes to his lordship and we come under the kingdom of God, that there is a very specific path that we're to be walking. And that path does, in fact, impact the way we view the world, the way we view others, the way we invest our time, our economics. In practical terms, it involves the surrender of power, privilege, sometimes possessions, all because we're now under the reign and rule of Jesus. Two very different ways. And we live in a time when there are individuals, particularly here in the United States, when they talk talk about Christian nationalism, where that you can merge somehow these two paths. And that you can still be saying yes to power and privilege and possessions and lay claim to the Christian life. But just like Father Thomas Green suggested, there's a greater radicalness than that. Jesus goes on and he says, look, there's two different kinds of trees. There's trees that bear good fruit and bad fruit. Good fruit is going to be consistent yet again with the virtues and values of the kingdom. There's going to be good deeds, service, caring, love, sharing the message of Christ, forgiveness. But there's also bad trees. And these trees will bear a bad fruit, a fruit that is often selfish. You see, this is what Green is getting at. There's a radicalness and that we need the Holy Spirit to help us keep choosing into the radical nature of the kingdom of God. And it is not easy. And I'm not saying that I'm sharing this with you because I always get it right. I don't. But I know that to say yes to Jesus does mean by the power of the Spirit that we are willing to allow the Holy Spirit to help us walk the way of Jesus just as Jesus did. And that the reality is that it will radically impact the way we do life. Jesus goes on and he talks about two houses. You know the story very well. Some people build their house upon the sand. Some people build their house upon the solid rock. Those that build their house upon the sand, when the wind blows and the storm rages, they find that their house is destroyed. But those that build upon the rock, they can move through these times towards success. And of course, the rock is the rock of Jesus. 
that's the whole idea that we should be building our lives, which is the metaphor of a house, on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, of who he is, the way he lived his life, of what he did for us on the cross, and how the Holy Spirit's presence within us causes us to choose a very, very different way. You know, I think there are times that we want the benefits of being a disciple, but maybe we do not understand that there is yet a cost to being a disciple. The laying down of the old way of life and the embracing of the new, the surrendering of the previous virtues and values that we sought to live by that were often very self-centered, and the willingness to embrace the virtues and values of the kingdom. It has been said by some that many Christians know the language of the Christian life. They're simply not living the Christian life. The language is not enough. We need to be able to live out by the power of the Spirit the way Jesus Christ calls us to live. Look, a life not built upon Christ and obedience to him through the power of the Spirit, following his will and his words, will ultimately fail. But if we understand the call of Jesus to follow him and that there is a radical nature to following him that impacts everything we do, we will then recognize that there is, in effect, a choice that we need to make. What road will we take? What fruit will we bear? What house will be built? I'm actually praying, Lord, take these truths deep into my own heart and help me understand the radical nature of saying yes, that Jesus is Lord. <laughs>